Hello, and welcome to another episode of Making Sciences Podcast. I am Mallory Bradford, Chief Customer Officer of Making Science US. As we get closer to 2024, and we're all setting budgets, forecasts, and planning for the year ahead, we're also thinking a lot about what we're expecting to change this year. So we've invited Alyssa Stein, head of Global Head of Renewals, Partner Success, Innovation, and Scale at Google Cloud Security, and Sophia Yanbai, COO of Trey Kroner Media, a making science company, to discuss our predictions for trends in 2024 and to share the latest updates from Google. Welcome both. How are you today? Hi, Mallory. All good. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me and looking forward to diving into these topics. Me too. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Oh, we're so, so glad you guys are here with us. Um, it's great to have both of you here. So since we have representation from both sides of the pond today, I wanted to kick things off by asking Alyssa, this first question is for you. What do American companies stand to learn from what European companies have dealt with in 2023? Yeah, thanks for asking. So through our close partnership and work with European customers and policymakers, we understand that oftentimes they strive for even greater security and autonomy than a lot of the companies that we see here in the US. Sovereignty is key, and in Europe, sovereignty falls across three pillars that we will likely see evolve more rapidly than even in the States. There is data sovereignty, operational sovereignty, and software sovereignty. So when you think about data sovereignty, that's where you keep all control over encryption, encryption and access to your data. When we think about operational sovereignty, that's when you have visibility and control over provider operations. And then lastly, when you think about software sovereignty, you can run workloads without dependence on your provider software. So as policies continue to change at the federal, the state, and even at the city level, the work and coordination that we've seen take place across Europe will likely become the standard that we can expect for businesses in the US and, and what they're gonna be expected to operate at going forward. That's why we're glad to have such strong relationships with our partners and our customers around the world to help us evolve and adapt with them. Thanks, Alyssa. That's um, that's awesome to hear. So with that background in mind, let's uh, dive straight into the trends, shall we? The buzzword of 2023 has been AI, and people across industries have witnessed its impact and how quickly it has evolved over the last few years. Google announced a few years ago that they're working on becoming an AI-first company. What does that mean for 2024, and what key AI trends should we look out for? Yeah, well, generative AI is top of mind for all of us, for all our customers, and for our competition at the moment. Everyone's talking about it. Google is a pioneer in AI. When you think about it from search to cloud, it's been a focus for the organization and a foundation of almost every product that's been shipped. Generative AI, Gen AI, it's part of our DNA, and we are always focused on AI responsibility. Customers, they want to hear about our innovations, but they also are curious about how we're being responsible with those innovations. So at Google, we're really focused on two types of AI. There's consumer and there's enterprise. So for consumers, we've built LLM, like large language models, which we call BARD. It's like the Google search, but it's like the search bar on steroids. It's more precise and it's generative and can respond to consumer requests like, help me plan a three-day trip to Patagonia. 
On the other hand, enterprises need to be able to build something using our technology. And the requirements are completely different for enterprises, especially when it comes to controlling data access. So for example, you might have heard of some large investment banks who are shutting off access for their employees to these consumer products as they were concerned about what their employees were asking and what information they were sharing with these models. I certainly am a big fan of uh, Google Bard. It has helped me tremendously in my day-to-day -day life. So that's, that's very cool to hear about. So those requirements are super complex indeed. Very impressive how Google has um, been able to so quickly adapt given the speed things are evolving. It seems like it's been just a really exciting um, last year in, in the AI space. So Sophia, as someone from an agency perspective, how do you envision AI evolving next year? Well, uh, I just read that the global AI market is expected to grow to an impressive almost two trillion US dollars by 2030. So I mean, focusing and prioritizing on AI is essential. Um, and although tech companies and agencies need to work closely together to really find that success, there are some differences in priorities. And for our clients, there are two main points that we recommend to focus on in the beginning. And the first one is do the groundwork. So make sure that you establish a strong data foundation. Uh, really take the time here to do it right, because if you don't, you are going to lose later on. I mean, it doesn't really matter how sophisticated your AI efforts are later on uh, or how strong your AI adoption is if you haven't done uh, the work um, correctly in the beginning. And also when you do it, make sure to collect your data uh, in a secure manner, in a, in a privacy conscience manner. Um, and use the tools that we have at hand, such as uh, Google Consent Mode, uh, which really allows uh, US advertisers and European advertisers to, to put the privacy uh, of users at the forefront. Another valuable tool is Enhanced Conversions, which empowers us to, uh, to get this more effective data insights, even when the, the consents from the users are limited. The second point is to try to develop a value-driven organizational culture. Uh, and this means aligning your company culture with value-centric KPIs to pave the way for success. Um, I believe that this foundation opens the door to really leverage on the AI-powered campaigns, such as Performance Max, Demand Gen, and also value-based bidding. So what I'm, what I'm hearing kind of across the board is that is impacting businesses and consumers in very different ways. And as someone with experience both using it both ways, it seems like security, privacy, and trustworthiness seem to be most important um, in, in both lenses. So shifting gears a bit, Alyssa, you mentioned how Google is really looking to support enterprise business models. As someone with extensive cloud experience, can you tell us a bit more about how you see the link between cloud and Google marketing platform developing in 2024? And why should brands consider the two systems holistically? Thanks, Mel. Yeah, this is an area I'm extremely passionate about having worked across both 
parts of the business. It does make a lot of sense to pair cloud and GMP technologies. Historically, we've seen that CMOs are responsible for GMP implementation, where the CTOs are more likely to spearhead cloud migrations. Over the last couple of years, we've seen so many changes in user expectations, privacy regulations, and even platforms themselves. So we're working to close the gap between marketing and tech by integrating Google Cloud's data and analytics capabilities with Google marketing platforms, advertising, and measurement tools so marketers can gain a deeper understanding of their customers and deliver more relevant and effective marketing messages. This will allow companies to continue growing their first party data in a privacy focused way. Sophia, curious if you have any thoughts. Yeah, definitely. It is vital for businesses and agencies to grasp the link between the two. And as you mentioned, Alyssa, the ecosystems are converging. At Making Science, we're a data driven company at the core. So we have a global cloud and data director to integrate the ecosystems and dig into how they are com complementary to each other. It definitely sounds like a big opportunity to continue breaking down silos across businesses. And as someone who's passionate about both Google marketing platform and cloud, it, it's, it super resonates with me as well too. So uh, you both touched on data and considering today's privacy concerns, Alyssa, can you tell us maybe about a time that cloud aided a client in accessing privacy focused first party data amidst this evolving landscape? Yeah, one example that comes to mind for me is the Colorado Center for Personalized Medicine, I'll refer to it as CCPM, uh, which helps doctors evaluate patients at the molecular level to predict their individual risk for disease and to develop personalized therapies based on their DNA. Such research re requires large-scale analysis of the genetic compositions and health histories of thousands of patients to search for patterns, signaling how and why people with particular genetic profiles get certain diseases and whether they could benefit from targeted treatments. Securely and quickly integrating this data to make it usable is a significant challenge. Protecting patient data is obviously taken very seriously. CCPM's partnership with Google Cloud Platform and the advantages in data security over on-premises systems helps CCPM achieve and maintain HIPAA compliance. Utilizing the cloud-based health data compass, CCPM saw faster data queries that could accelerate research towards new biomedical discoveries. CCPM's use of the Google Cloud Platform also reduced costs and freed funds for vital program development. The scalable storage GCP offers allows for the project to grow easily to meet research and clinical demands. That's super impressive. I know healthcare data is um, some of the, the most private data we have, so pretty impressive to, to hear that story. Um, Sophia, any recent examples of a client maybe scaling their business thanks to cloud? Yeah, well, building on Alyssa's points, there is an illustrative case with Rio Hotels and Resorts. Rio saw an increase, a 99% increase in bookings due to structure based on first party data. I could talk about this case for days, uh, but let me just summarize shortly. So basically, Rio came to us after the pandemic and they needed help shifting their marketing efforts to more profitable users. They were kind of wasting budget on users who were 
too likely to cancel their reservations and so on. So for us to achieve this goal, we had to organize all of their data and they had a lot of data in different platforms and so on. So, I mean, for their CRM system, uh, for example, they have final reservations, cancellation, frequent users. We also took their uh, digital data, their site data and so on, their call center data and data about the different hotels and from the different hotels. And to manage all of this data, we combined the marketing team, the data team, the ID teams to create a solution that stored, analyzed and activated their data on Google Cloud CDP, customer data platform. So Rio now has first party data in its own cloud project with secure, structured and actionable data to drive their marketing strategy. And the point about actionable is so important because if you only measure something, even how super smart and sophisticated you measure it, it will still just be a cost, right? It's when you activate on the data and the insights that you have gathered, that's when you see the profit, right? That part is super important. But all of this has led to that RIA has all of this in place and we have been able to implement more advanced tech solutions to leverage on RIA's first party data. Um, using AI models and predictive models and so on, achieving an increase in volume and profitability. That's super exciting. I had the pleasure of hearing uh, someone from, from Rio speak last week, and it was amazing to hear the impact that, that um, this has had on their business. So yep. um, thank you both for, for those very uh, wonderful examples. Um, we only have a few minutes left. So in the last few minutes here, I'd like to shift gears. We're, we're headed towards the end of 2023 and moving into 2024. I'd like to talk about the biggest trends in both cloud and GMP going into next year. So what are you most excited about? And Sophia, this time, let's start with you. Well, it's hard to talk about trends without mentioning Gen AI. For marketing, this is going to change the way we work. It's basically, I think it's going to become like an additional resource to the team. Um, so, and in terms of content and copy, Gen AI will be so important for marketing teams to be able to compete in a highly competitive market. Uh, also, when speaking about AI and machine learning, value-based bidding is especially important in 2024 and beyond because it can help businesses overcome the challenges of a changing data landscape, right? Uh, as users become more privacy conscious and the third party cookies are being phased out, businesses will need to find new ways to collect and use the data to inform their marketing decisions. Value-based bidding uh, can help businesses to do this by making the most of the data that they already have and by using machine learning to fill in the gaps. Uh, finally, I would also say cloud solution. It will become more attractive since we are seeing a storage and computing demands uh, continuing to increase. With the ability to pay for what you use, companies can lower cost and increase efficiency by moving to the cloud. There are three things in my list, cloud security, corporate sustainability, and adoption of AI and ML. Based on my role at the top of my list is cloud security. Cybersecurity was the number one investment by global organizations in 2023 and will continue to be a key focus in 2024. With threats to supply chain, global financial institutions, and national governments, security cemented itself as a necessary component to any cloud infrastructure. Teams who integrate security 
best practices throughout their development process are 1.6 times more likely to meet or exceed organizational goals. And lastly, Google Cloud Security's vision for 2024 is to be the global authority and voice to secure enterprises against threats, defending against threats, and building resilience at scale. The second thing on my list is corporate sustainability. Technology innovation is the top utility executives believe will impact the sustainable growth of their organization. Digital technologies have the potential to help minimize carbon emissions across the entire digital value chain. For example, digital solutions will play an enabling role for at least 20 to 25% of the reductions required to achieve a net zero economy in Europe. And lastly, I agree with Sophia, there'll be continued investment and adoption of AI and ML. AI and computing advancements are helping to scale digital transformation and propel AI towards mainstream adoption. As AI adoption ramps up and the pressure to keep pace with demand for AI-based services and tools increase, most organizations will use codeless development tools for at least 30% of AI and automation initiatives by 2024. It's all so interesting to shift from just digital to like a combination of data, tech, and cloud technologies. And fortunately, they all seem to be very interrelated. So thank you both for sharing those thoughts. To finish, Alyssa, I have one last question for you. So we mentioned CDPs already in the Ryu case that Sophia spoke about. Do you think this will continue to be an increasingly hot topic moving into 2024? Yes, absolutely, for a number of reasons. First, they help businesses create a unified view of their customers. So when you think about CDPs or CDAs, they collect data from a variety of sources, including CRM systems, marketing automation platforms, and e-commerce platforms, and unify it into a single customer profile. This gives businesses a complete picture of their customers, including their demographics, purchase history, and interactions with the brand. Second of all, they enable businesses to personalize their customer experience. With a unified view of their customers, businesses can use CDPs and CDAs to personalize marketing campaigns, product recommendations, and customer service interactions. This leads to increased customer engagement and loyalty. Third on my list, they help businesses improve their operational efficiency. CDPs and CDAs can automate many of the tasks involved in customer data management, such as data integration, data cleansing, and data segmentation. This can free up employees to focus on more strategic initiatives. And lastly, they give businesses a competitive advantage. In today's data-driven world, businesses that have an understanding of their customers are more likely to succeed. CDPs and CDAs help businesses achieve this by providing them with a complete and accurate view of their customers. Amazing. Thank you so much, Alyssa. So in summary, it seems that the hot, some of the hottest topics will be cloud infrastructure supporting privacy forward data collection techniques, especially in Google marketing platform, the continued adoption and integration of AI and machine learning to market the most out of increasingly regulated consumer data, and finally, customer data platforms helping companies unify their data operations. I want to finish this episode by thanking our guests, both Alyssa and Sophia, for joining us today. And we really hope to have you both back here uh, soon. So thank you all for participating. And thanks so much to everyone at home for listening. Thanks, Mallory. It's been great. Thanks so much for having me. It was so much fun. Thanks, everyone.